I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to Aboriginal elders emerging. Please be advised the following podcast contains swearing women. I find with Locke, I don't know about you, with Adrian, I think you guys get a bit more distance than we get, but I'm like, I'm at that point of going, can you please stop breathing so loud? My bad. Oh, God. <laughs> and you know how unreasonable you've been. You're like, how can you tell someone not to breathe loud? Mm. But at the same time, I'm like, Michelle can hear you on the other side of Melbourne, dude. <laughs> Seriously. Even Dali, she's been so naughty. It's just not, no one would believe it would be Dali, but she's been so horrible. I hate my life the other day because I wouldn't go to the servo and get her a Pepsi. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. I know it's been a while since I've uploaded anything new on the old nitty-gritty feed, but there's a lot of weird stuff going on at the moment, right? One of the weird things in my world is that I'm locked inside my house with my children and my mother. And it's hell. My friend, comedian Nellie Thomas, is way ahead of me in many ways because she's been homeschooling for a while. But it doesn't mean she's always serene. So we've decided to dial up what my father used to call the big typewriter in the sky and try and keep each other sane. And if you want to come and hang out with us, you can. Just message us on Facebook and we'll we'll think of other ways as we go along that you can get involved and we can hear from you. And let's stay in touch. We're going to do this podcast called Welcome to Hell. Those are my words. They're not Nellie's. I don't think she feels like she's in hell as much as I do. But she has lots of good tips. And we're not just talking about kids and stuff. We'll just talk about life. Oh, life. Oh, life. Remember life? Yeah. Anyway, Nellie and I are still figuring this out ourselves. We don't know how often we're going to do this. Let's start with that conversation. You want to do like a, you want to do a weekly, a daily, a what do you want to do? I don't know. I think I probably probably daily. I don't reckon I'll manage because, like, my how's your mental health? 
So this is my thing. I'm like, part of me goes, don't do daily because yeah. that's nuts. But the other part of me goes, oh, my God, if you and I spend 15 minutes together every day, I'll feel happier. That's true. And if it makes everyone else feel happier, like it doesn't have to be an hour. No. But maybe no. we should just do a daily ride the wave. Because I've already had that day yesterday where I found myself just still in bed at, you know, half past 10, just like scrolling through my phone. Snacks, <laughs> Louie. No. Feed yourself. And I was trying to be so disciplined and, oh, and I know. Not be that person. And yeah, so I thought, oh, I'm going to have days. It's really interesting, I guess. Like, I feel like my, I'm, my eyes are in the rear view mirror. Yes. Because. Everything that's kind of happening to everyone I know now, in a way, not the same, but similar happened to me last year. Yeah. I'm going, oh, my God, I, you know, if I'm going to be home full time, I have no income, I'm isolated, no one understands what I'm going through, I'm going to fucking kill the kids. Oh, my God, I love the kids. The kids are my life. Get the kids away from me. Will my relationship survive? Am I doing, you know, all of that stuff. And even now, and I say this as a former very well-respected health ambassador, and I'm just like balls to the wall honesty, I'm literally sitting here today going, make yourself a pros and cons list about walking down the shops, buying a bottle of gin and a pack of fags. Yeah. And I'm not even kidding. No, it's funny. I just said to Adrian, my husband, a week ago, before it even got this serious, I said, yeah. You're like taking up smoking again just to have something yeah. There's part of me that goes, we're all going to die, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, why deny yourself the pleasure? Now, of course, that stinking thinking, I get it. Like, don't send me the emails. I'm on it. Stinking thinking. I love that. It's also, that's a Dr. Phil ref, oh. um, which I guess many people will be getting back into pretty shortly. Yeah, what choice do we have? Yeah. <laughs> But I also, I guess what I'm trying to say is I reckon I'm pretty tough. Yeah. I'm pretty experienced. Like I've had one of my kids home for nearly three years from because of illness. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm educated. I've got all the resources that you need. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lose my house. And I'm still like my head's still going there of, oh, give us a Benson and Hedges and a G&T. You know, so if I'm feeling that, I'm, I'm trying to honour what yeah. the people listening will be feeling. That's yeah. not me saying do it because I can tell you I did do that and it doesn't work. Yeah. And you also like, smokes are just too expensive. That's what stops me. I'm like, <laughs> way too expensive and you're going to need it for your mortgage. Yeah. But, um, you know, I... I remember texting you or calling you at some point, I think probably halfway through last year, just in tears going, you know, I'm sitting in my back shed <laughs> hiding from my children, secret smoking and drinking a glass of wine. And I don't know what's worth, worse, like doing those things or feeling so guilty about doing those things, you know, like there's got to be somewhere in the middle where you go, I'm just human. This is a lot. Like, give yourself a break. I think the feeling guilty is what's worse. I think if you're enjoying it, it's fine. <laughs> you're such a good Buddhist. You're such a good one. This is well. There's no coincidence. That's why I rang you. Good. You know, 
The last thing you need is your judgy friend going, oh, Nelly, you know, you don't want to be on a ventilator. I know. That's why I'm hiding in the shed (laughs) like I'm 13. Mind you, I'm killing my mother because she, Uh, that was her timing. She just went to hospital like a week and a half ago for the first time in her life with breathing problems. And, yeah, and I didn't even, I mean, I suppose we kind of all knew in a way, but she's got emphysema. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so she was on a ventilator and, you know, oh. so yes, I'm killing her because I won't let her go anywhere. And she says yesterday she demanded to be allowed to go to the shops. And I said, why? What do you need? <laughs> she said, an eyebrow pencil. <laughs> And she's so angry that I wouldn't let her go. It's such a role reversal, isn't it? I can't remember. You might remember one of my favourite jokes. It might be Simon Palomari's. I can't remember. Anyway, someone was doing a joke about that role reversal stuff. This is years ago of, you know, you used to be a teenager hiding behind the sheds at school, having a fag so your parents didn't say, now you're, you know, parenting your 40s, hiding behind the shed, having a fag so your kids don't see. And the coronavirus stuff, it's a bit similar. Like some of those memes you're seeing going around going, Jesus, Mum, don't go out. I don't trust her not to. No. You know? So she at your place? Yeah, she's lived with us for years, you know, and she and Pop lived here for years and then yeah. Pop died last year, so now it's just Nan and I honestly don't trust her not to sneak out. Like a 14-year-old? <laughs> Like, like you're going to have to put sensor lights in the yard in case she's got a, like, a hot new bloody Uber Eats boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know. Mama, stay at home. If she's really thinking she needs to go to the shops to get an eyebrow pencil right now, then uh, where, what's the limit? Where's this? Where's the end for her, you know? like And she's in a high-risk category, obviously, oh. all jokes aside. She's older and she's got a lung problem. Which is why our whole family is home and inside right now. So, so how are you coping? Tell us everything. I think no, I think um, you know, up and down, of course, like everyone. But I'm at the moment, like, sort of starting to get used to my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a thing. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Although, with that said, one of them's not here. I sent her to her dad's because she – it's funny with twins, like, um, people or you know, it is – it's never the one you think. It's probably the same with all kids. You've got two daughters. Like, yeah. the one I thought – the one that everyone thinks is the great one is yeah. just not coping at all. Oh, and no. the other one, the ADHD, ASD yeah. one, is being a breeze. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I want you in the trench with me, man. You are great. I'm, it's, it's so true. I'm sitting there going, oh, the one that, you know, everything I touch turns to gold, mm. you know, as Marie Bamford would say, oh, I've just started with clay. Now I'm exhibiting at the Guggenheim. Yes. Like my kid who's like that, not coping. Nuh-uh. The other uh. one who faces, like this is her day-to-day reality is, yeah. you know, fear and loathing and the world's hard and uh, she's just like, i got this shit. Like I am ready. This is day-to-day living for me and she's coping a lot better, which I find really interesting. 
And also, Louis' attention span's so short. I think he just, you know, goes, oh, there's a virus that's killing off half the, oh, butterfly, what? Yeah, no, there's a shiny thing. Yeah. Also, I reckon there's part of Louis' head and same with my kid going, oh, do I get to stay home with mum? So much. My plan has come together. So much. You know, my little one, the the my kid who's on the autism spectrum has been begging to be homeschooled for mm. years. Same. And we've been resisting like, no, 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 like you've got to go to school, social mm. skills, mum will go crazy, blah, 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 blah. And now she's just like, let's ride this shit for what it's worth. Like <laughs> bring on the flashcards. <laughs> so, you know, she's kind of, I mean, she is struggling a bit with, the lack of routine, and there's something in that. Like bring something, think of something that the kids are used to doing at school, even things like fruit break. You know, most schools have a fruit break, 11 or whenever they have it, we'll have fruit break. I don't think you need to do seven hours of school a day, but Mm. just have a couple of markers through the day that mark time for the kids. And I have to mark time for Nan as well, and getting her oh, in, and getting her involved in things with them is seems yes. to to work. You know, get can Nan? Can you help them with their times table? Can you guys spend twenty yeah. minutes, twenty five minutes together doing something? Because otherwise, her life is just waiting for you know goon time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say waiting for today tonight. Like my dad thrilled. You can just watch reruns. You know, <laughs> what else do you need to do? But, um, no, you might think getting, I mean, it's the same for anybody. This is where, you know, people on the spectrum are just a um, a sort of, I don't know, canaries in the mine, mm. you know, like they'll feel it first but we'll all feel it. Yeah. You know, so everyone needs a bit of structure. Everyone needs a bit of routine. They just feel that earlier and more acutely. You're right. So, he was the first one who said, you know what, can we go for a walk? He was the first yeah. one who said, let's get out. And it hadn't really occurred to me. And then, and he was so right. You know, last night yeah. at, at dusk, we just went out for a walk, maybe half an hour, just a cruisy stroll around the neighborhood. It was so nice chatting and really admiring other people's gardens and things like oh, that. And, what's yeah. your favorite house? That's the uh, game we're playing. Yeah. Right, walk this way. Tell me which one's your favorite house. Why? Yeah. And I love gardens. And I was explaining to Lou, it's funny, you know, you, you realize things that kids just don't know. And you think, yeah, of course they don't just know that. We were looking at gardens and I was explaining, there's this really, really particularly beautiful one. And I was saying, you know, well, everything's there for a reason. Somebody's just thought this yeah. out so clearly, meticulously. He's like, what do you mean by that? Everything there for a reason. I said, well, you know how everything in front of the windows is short, so it doesn't block the view. And then there's the tree there to put shade there and all that. And we had this really terrific conversation about someone's beautiful garden and I thought oh I wish they could hear us I wonder if if anyone's yeah. admired their garden to this extent you know well and I wonder as well and this is you know it's hard to talk about this stuff without dismissing how hard all of this is for particular groups and and even for people who are doing well like I get it I bloody get it because I've been balls to the wall and I've lost the plot and it's all hard but there's also part of it where you go, if you kind of lean into it mm. and just go go with it and go, this is happening, there are beautiful moments. Like even with my kid today, we're like, right, we're going to go for a walk up the street, gather stuff to make a little garden, like to make a little, she wanted to make a, um, 
I don't know, like a village out of sticks and and things like that. And in that discussion, she was like, you know, Mum, we forget that without trees we can't breathe. Yeah. You know, and we actually got on to, I mean, we're not big on sort of um, talking with the kids about climate change because I sort of feel like it scares them too much at at the age that they're at. Um, But it was an interesting opportunity to talk to her about how important nature is and how, and then she started saying, so money, like if we, if we didn't have money, yeah. would we, like what would we do, you know? And she's like, maybe you'd go, well, I've got, she said, I've got lamb curry in the freezer <laughs> and maybe I could trade that for, I can't remember what she said, but persimmons or something, you know, off the Richter. But like she's talking about bartering. Yeah. And you're going, oh, this is really interesting. This wouldn't have happened if we weren't in, Corona lockdown. This yeah. discussion would not have happened. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but really we have no choice but to go with it, do we? Yeah. You know? um, oh, we're not to, though. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. We're fighting. Yeah. We are fighting, like, individually and collectively. This, yeah. No, no, this is fine. I can still go to the bar. I'm going to get on the aeroplane. I'm getting my eyebrow pencil. and I understand that instinct because when I had to make the decision to stay home be a carer like I I mean you know this from knowing me as a friend Mm. took me like three years of help and just about killing myself and everyone around me to make that decision because I didn't want to I didn't like the answer no and I didn't like the answer I didn't like the answer in your life I I, you know no it's terrifying that anyone would have to do that that you would have to do that and once you accept it once you just kind of go, oh, this is what's happening, and it might not be happening in a year, it might not be happening in 10 years, who knows, but this is actually happening, mm. then I think you get a level of um, acceptance leaves at least the possibility of peace. Yes. You know, not the uh, guarantee. No. But the possibility, whereas fighting it, and trying to fight this virus, which I feel like is what we're trying to do in a kind of conceptual sense. I don't mean, of course, we should get a vaccine. Like, again, don't email me. I get it. I'm team science. Yeah. But conceptually fighting it and going, no, 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 I won't change. Yeah. Well, you're in for a world of pain. Yeah, absolutely. I even spoke um, to a publicist this morning who works in the health industry. And yeah. I, I said to her, um, about the people she works with, I said, yeah, I mean, I guess this is probably going to be another like kind of Black Saturday moment for those guys, like a kind of defining moment for them. And she wrote back and went, oh, I don't think so. I mean, (laughs) unless everything goes terribly wrong. And I thought, wow, (gasps) I love your optimism, mate. Okay. Well, just because it feels like we're all at... Very different stages of acceptance, aren't we, of what's happening? Completely different state, and it's really interesting psychologically. I mean, yeah. one of the things, again, that I think we forget, and if you've got a kid, again, if you've got a kid on the spectrum or you've been around anyone um, with any kind of uh, mental health issues or they're on the spectrum, you'll know anxiety is contagious. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's, there's no it. doubt. Anxiety is contagious, and that's part of the exhaustion of being a carer. Yeah. Um, and I feel like even me today, I got a text, you know, I did a radio interview, I got a text from a friend having got me. Oh. And this is not something that would normally happen. 
Um, I mean, social media, different thing altogether. Yeah, yeah. Both know even email or whatever, but my phone number is not widely available. But to me, it's just an indication of how anxious people are, how strung out. They're not behaving like they normally would. No. And one of the things that is the biggest challenge and it has been the same in our household on a sort of micro level is like just please try to not take it out on each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Fight with Adrian about toilet paper oh, three weeks ago. Don't even. No, just. But I, I was just trying to explain to him what was happening, and he was just like, "You're, you're all being idiots. This is stupid." I was like, "No, it's it's actually." You know, fast forward about two days, and suddenly he was Captain Toilet Paper. You know. Oh no! <laughs> Locke and I had a fight the other day. So we're similar to you and Adrian. We've been together for twenty years. He drives me insane, but I love him. Vice versa. We were standing in the front yard the other day and um, he had done something wrong with the compost. <laughs> like I asked you not to put stuff in the compost. Yeah. And it comes into this bigger thing of, well, uh, then I can't trust you when you say you're going to do something. And then yeah, you, don't do you always do this. He literally said to me, well, two years ago you went to Bunnings and bought these pebbles when I specifically said I didn't like them. <laughs> Oh my God, we've gone mad. Yeah. We've gone mad. Although then Facebook has been great in so many ways. I, I was okay. just wondering, but it always seems to be the same people, honestly. It's always people like you, Terry Siakas. It's always the same people. My a friend Alicia just Facebooked yesterday. She she bought tampons through Uber Eats. Like it's always <laughs> the same people who are great. How resourceful. Isn't that wonderful? You're just beautiful. It, it's certainly, I feel like, God, at least, you know, my nan didn't have this in World War II. No. Pretty lucky. Well, and it's also an indication, isn't it? I mean, if you do zoom out big picture and go, this is an indication, it's the same in the real world. Like, yes. who you surround yourself with matters. So true. You know, so if your feed's coming up with Michelle Laurie and Teresiakis and, you know, people who have a mixture of, um, for me, reality, but also humor and big picture. You'll feel better. Yeah, absolutely. You'll be surrounded with, oh my God, we're all going to die. Or you're all stupid and it doesn't matter. Mm. But you're in trouble. Or just the nasty kind of where it just oh, evolves into the argument about something else. And I go, oh no, you're just so stressed and probably drunk. And now you're just really <laughs> fighting with me about something crazy. It's a or, good time to do yeah. the old, uh, the hide. You know how you can like hide people on Facebook so that they don't know. It's not like you've unfriended them. You haven't hurt anyone's feelings, but it's like if they are in a weird place and, and you can just hide them so that so that you can surround your virtual self with. See, this is why I love you. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, you no, can. I thought, I've just been unfriending people like a mofo. And you can do I'm that like, too. Can't yeah. deal. That's can't right. deal. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Yeah. I mean, as you know, you and I have discussed off air, like I posted a timetable. Yeah. One that we've been using. Yeah. Oh my God. Because to me, the one that was doing the rounds is fantastic. You know, like it's mostly school and Pilates and, you know, um, cleaning. Mm. and fucking good on you Sharon good on you but at our house like that we wouldn't get to 8 25 before we all felt bereft so I'm like you know what we've been doing this for a few years by no means do we even achieve the one that I posted Mm. but this is the one that we try to achieve which has about I don't know four or five hours screen time built into it Mm-hmm. And what the judgmental assholes forget is that the four or five time screen, four or five hours of screen time, isn't just screen time. It's mum usually, not always, but mum cooking, yeah, mum doing the washing, yeah, mum paying bills, mum mm. maybe heaven forbid having half an hour to herself to watch yeah. Love Island, yeah. like you know, like seriously, you will go mental. If yeah. mum goes mental, we're all fucked. Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, who are these bitches? You know what? Like, <laughs> I just, it makes me oh, so Yeah. Oh, man. My kids learnt their alphabet, alphabet from iPads. I'm like, you know, yeah. because, frankly, saying them over and over is really fucking boring. And if they can just watch it over and over on an iPad, great. Fill your boots, kids. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. I, I don't but get I'm like, knowing your background being basically the same as mine. I can tell those, you know, stuck up moles. Guess what we were doing in the late seventies and eighties? TV, we mate. School and watch TV mm. from the minute we arrived until probably ten o'clock at night because there yeah. was no bedtime. And I'd watch Prisoner, <laughs> and I would watch like Changi, Alan. and I'd watch Monkey Magic. <laughs> There was no filter. No. If I'd been doing athletics on my iPad, that would have been better. No. Or Minecraft. Well, and you know what? Even Louis this morning, who loves a game, but he's like learnt this morning he taught himself, well, he and I both worked on an editing uh, software. You know, no. so he's, yeah, he's taught himself an editing software. He's making Roblox videos. But it's like, well, there you go. You're learning something that's pretty cool. You know, you, you kind of see who you are in adversity. Yeah, absolutely. So if yeah. you were 
Oh, I mean, it's so, you know, and I both know this, when your career is like surging and you're the girl that everyone wants, it's so easy to behave with grace yeah. and kindness and love. When you're in the shitter <laughs> and you feel like all hope is lost, yeah, you can still maintain kindness, yeah. grace and dignity, then that's actually who you are. Oh, and yeah. my response to those people who are doing that very judgy stuff is, you need to look in the mirror and see what this has brought out in you. But also get back to me in a month, mate, because I've been at this for a few years. And, and, you know, let me know how you're going then. Absolutely. Can I give yeah. one hot tip which I got from Facebook, which is my favourite thing I've seen so far, which is the idea of being stuck at home, whether it's with a partner or kids or your mum or whoever, you need to have a, an imaginary co-worker who you blame everything on. <laughs> so we've decided ours is Kevin <laughs> and Kevin keeps like stinking up the bathroom yeah. and he leaves his shoes in the hallway oh, and his fucking towels. I don't know why he's bringing towels to work. Oh. Leaving them everywhere. And it's just, it's actually, it sounds ridiculous, but my God, it really helps to have Kevin from IT on the receiving end of all the rage. You won't believe what Kevin's only gone and done at my place. He's been been eating two-minute noodles raw in my bed. (laughs) Kevin, boundaries. Kevin, it's disgusting. Get a tuna casserole and eat it in the communal area. (laughs) Yes, true. How are you going for food? We're all right. We, you know, I shopped. I didn't hoard, but I shopped because I, I, I wasn't catastrophizing, but I saw it coming for... Hmm. Like early January. So I did that thing that people were saying then, which was, you know, don't over shop, but every week in your shopping, throw an extra thing in. Yeah. So, lentils or something. Yeah. So I did exactly that. So I'd like throw in some lentils. I'd throw in a big tin of tuna. I'd throw in an extra bag of pasta. I'd throw in whatever, an extra loaf of bread. So, yeah. so I don't have to shop this week or probably into next week. Yeah, I mean, it's the most groceries I've ever had in my house in my life. Yeah, yeah. So great comfort, actually. I was listening to um, one of the experts, and again, you've got to be careful who you're listening to, of course, talking about um, what's happening in Italy. So, of course, Italy is like basically the worst-case scenario, and we don't need to dwell on how shit it is, but it's what we're trying to avoid in Australia. The thing I took comfort in, though, you can still get food. Yeah. Like supermarkets are still operating. It's not easy, but we're not going to run out of food. No. And in Australia, we're even better placed than a place like Italy in terms of fresh food and produce and so on. So I think that's one area we can actually take comfort and go, we're not going to be able to eat like we normally eat. You know, you can't have what you want when you want. Interestingly, maybe we shouldn't be eating like that anyway. Well, that's for the environment, etc., but we're not going to starve. I really don't believe we are. And I've eaten better than I've eaten in a long time too. I realise yeah. I'm so used to eating a sandwich from the servo in the car while I'm driving from one thing to another, you know, or the kids' leftovers or whatever, and suddenly I'm cooking and eating yeah. green veggies and it's, yeah. yeah. And not wasting. Have you noticed oh, that? Yeah. So I chopped up a broccoli last night and the stalk was there. I'm like, I'm making stock out of that. Yeah, dog out of that. <laughs> that would have been straight in the bin. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, it's just that reminder where you go, oh, we are so wasteful. Like we have so much to learn from this scenario. Um, if we can just accept the lessons, like if we, I mean, I hate getting so bloody ooga booger about it, but if we can accept the lessons that are being delivered to us, I mean, you and I have talked about this on other occasions in relation to other things, but fuck me, everyone's a socialist at the moment, aren't they? Oh, aren't they? Oh, yeah. What's it the might affect me. What's the government doing? I need welfare. I need oh, the government. Oh, my God. Universal basic income, Medicare, <laughs> no, no, put, a, put a hold on mortgage payments. Hey, guess yeah. what? The disability community have been begging for this yeah. for years. And everyone's like, oh, we can't afford that. <laughs> All of a sudden, because it's going to affect us. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not fair. One of the things, can I reassure parents listening, because I remember freaking out about this. So my old, oldest daughter has got um, chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm. So she can't do full day of school and hasn't been able to for a few years. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, she's going to get so far behind. You know, like we're so, these systems seem natural. Whereas now you, I kind of realise everything's made up anyway. But I can tell you, if you do one hour of school a day one-to-one, you might even be ahead. So, I mean, get the right resources mm. and I think we can post some links up and stuff because yep. there's some shit stuff, but there's a really good site that's offering free subscription at the moment, particular, like specifically for coronavirus kids who are quarantined. Mm-hmm. Just use their stuff. Sit down one-to-one. Your kid's not going to be behind, not to dismiss teachers and how wonderful and important they are, but no one can top one-to-one. Good tip, good tip. And maybe get an older person involved would be my tip. If you have one rattling around the place, is driving you mad. Yeah. <laughs> get them involved. Well, I have a tip for you, from you, because I am not in that situation, but people listening will be. Yeah. How are you managing Nana? Well, you know, up and down because she had a hard year anyway because it's only just ticked over to be the first anniversary of my father's death. But she really, really brightened up the other day when she was just sitting up here with the kids and they were working on an assignment from school and she was really dazzled by what they could do on their computers, which was cute. Look at what Dali can do because Dali was doing PowerPoint and Dali could make these curtains that separated and did all this, you know, animation. Yeah. They were supposed to spend, I think, a half an hour together and they it blew out to an hour because they were all enjoying it. Yeah. I would imagine, I mean, not knowing, um, you know, it'll be different for everyone's parents and their capacities and the older people who are around you. But much like younger people, if they're given a clear task, because I reckon a lot of people who are older think I don't know anything and I've got taught wrong and I don't know how to use the computer. If they're given a really clear task um, with boundaries around it, they'll be thrilled. Well, that's it. Mum doesn't know. She cheated all that. I don't know how to use a computer. And I said, well, that's, you don't have to, but you're really great at English. She's a great, you know, she's really good at that, at story writing, storytelling, and they had to do their reflection on whatever their, their assignments actually on child, uh, children's rights, children's human rights. Yeah. So of course she loved that and she loves history. And so when they did their research, she loved the sort of putting together of the reflections and helping them do that. So Definitely. I mean, you know, if my dad were around, he would definitely have other things that he he loved being outside. He loved being with the animals. So he would have been sort of more into teaching them how to, yeah, do stuff outside with them and um, in the veggie patch and stuff. So every, certainly, you know, old people have 
so many skills that we've lost, frankly. I mean, I wish she was one of those nannies who could make slices. Oh, a good jelly slice. Yes, yes. I found the hardest thing that I found, I mean, my older daughter was, a. if you're in primary school, I think it's fine, but um, as they get older, the way that they learn maths is so different to how we learnt it. Even now, so, though, yeah, Dali's like, I'm like, don't you just stand up in class once a day and go, four, one's four, yeah, four, yeah. Three, right? <laughs> She said no. <laughs> no. We break it down into a 10 and a 1 and we carry that. What, what the fuck? What? You know, do the stuff that you're comfortable with. And you know what? When all this shit passes, because it will, mm. um, if they're a bit behind in maths or something else, they'll catch up. You know, there's a big community of chronic fatigue carers that I'm part of and the kids are all at different level. They miss sometimes years of education, like years. And the common theme is they catch up. Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, this is getting very Michelle and Nelly. but what is time? What is it? This is their life and this is, I yeah. keep saying, and this is an historical event you're living through, guys. Like this is happening. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So go, just try and go with it and get a bit of perspective and go, let's say worst case scenario, which I don't believe will happen, but let's say all the kids lose a year of education. So they graduate a year later. All the kids have. You know, I was listening to an interview with John Cleese and he was saying that because of their, his age, he went to university years later because all the guys who came back from World War II got to go first. Because yeah. of the age group, yeah. So same thing. So all of those guys missed years of education. Those who came home were allowed to go to uni first, and the guys of John Cleese's generation who were in high school during the war had to wait. Yep. So it's just stuff like that. That's life. It's, it happens. Well, you know? and I tell you what, having that's why I say it feels like I'm sort of looking in the rearview mirror because having gone through this and still going through this illness with my oldest daughter. The one thing that's been the bloody hardest, it's always the simplest things that are hardest to learn, is going, like, all this shit's made up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> going there going, oh, my God, she's not going to finish year six and she's 11. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Like, I didn't, I went to school in WA, so I finished year six at a different age. You know, like, so what? Like, it's all a fabrication. Yeah. It's the stuff we tell ourselves to make us sort of, believe there's order yeah you know <laughs> it's like there is that <laughs> it kind of doesn't matter not that not learning doesn't matter but this kind of like the rigidity of schedules I'm ready for Mad Max I'm so yeah. ready <laughs> I remember actually one thing you said to me years ago which really has rattled in my around in my brain is being when we were talking about Louis and Dali and something to do with school, and you're like, no, it's their education, not mine. <laughs> and they're going, wow, like that's such an interesting way to look at it, as in, again, leaning into it, like that idea of you can sit by their side and go, right, have you checked off your homework? And then what have you done? Like you can be that sort of micromanager, or you can have at least an element of kind of going, if they choose not to do this, they choose it. I liked hearing that because I don't ever hear that. I hear the micromanaging. I also think that, you know, if they choose not to do it now, it doesn't mean that they never will. Yes. They can, life is a long, it's a long enough thing where they can 
do stuff later. They don't have to yeah. finish school by the time they're 17 and go to university and be done with that by the time they're a certain age and and all that. But with, yeah. having that said, when Louis then had some learning difficulties, I had to change schools, you know, so that he was supported enough at school yeah. but, um, to get the basics down. But, but, yeah, I do think it has to be their responsibility. I don't think I can be cracking the whip behind them and forcing them to do anything. You're the one who gets in trouble, mate, not me. So I, I really couldn't give a fuck if you do your homework or not. Well, and that, and actually uh, hearing that really helped me, I think, because it was just when my oldest one was starting to get sick and not being able to do stuff mm. and I was still riding up, you know, still kind of going, oh, but you still need to do your homework and, you know, that kind of stuff. And it made me kind of go, A, um, that's not helpful for her because she can't, you know, so you're just making her feel bad. Yeah. Uh, but also kind of going, I'm actually teaching her dependence on me. You know, like I can't be her motivation. She yeah. she can be motivated to do it or she can be motivated not to do it and then see the results. And that's what that. I used to say to them, even if, if you're getting in trouble for not doing your homework, then you need to negotiate that social situation. I'm not going to come in and have a meeting with your teacher about it. Like, and I'll say to your teacher, it's not my homework, mate. Like they're old enough to know that you've given them homework and, you know, that I give them all the resources to do their homework and then they have to deal with you in the morning. That's your social situation to negotiate and theirs. It's got nothing to do with it. It's so interesting because not not at the school that we're at now, but we had to change schools as well for our um, little one who's on the autism spectrum. And at her first school she was like, they were basically – Force is a strong word, but let's say very strongly encourage her to do things she didn't want to do, like swimming lessons or things like that. And she'd come home going, I have to do it because the teacher will be, and she'd be beside herself. I mean, beside herself. Like, and she'd be so like, the teacher will be mad at me if I don't do it. And I'm like, I don't care. The teacher's mad. She's like, yeah, but they'll tell me off. I said, well, then they can talk to me. So, well, then I'll tell you off. And then I said, well, I'll tell them off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, God, I'm like, you want to go? Like, I will go. You yeah. know, I don't yeah. want to be one of those parents, but I'm also not just going to step back and let you do this to my kids. No, but that's yeah. cute too, isn't it? Like I've had to have those too where they go, but, but, but you'll get in trouble. I go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, mate, no, I won't. No. <laughs> oh, bitch, sweetheart. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be okay. Mummy's fine, bub. Mummy's fine, totally. I'll have a link to that educational site with the worksheets on my Facebook page. We'll be back with another episode soon and then we will get regular. We'll get on the regular. We're still working all of this out, but please talk to both of us on our Facebook pages. I'm Michelle Laurie. She's Nellie Thomas. I'll have a link to hers on mine. We'll get this up and running. Let's just do it. There's no rules anymore, baby. No rules. Let's lean into no rules. But also, can we lean into not buying too much stuff? please. That'd be great. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.